I know I kind of left us a little bit on a cliffhanger. Not a cliffhanger. What do you call it? Just kind of, I didn't really make it clear what was going on with me and Miguel. And I guess now is the perfect time to clear that up. We're in a good space. Um, Miguel is back with Jessica. So what happened was, um, last time I talked about Miguel, you know, we were spending a very beautiful rainy day in his bed. And um, we still, uh, how do I put this? Miguel is with Jessica. We'll just leave it at that. He's with Jessica. And we talked about it this time. It wasn't a surprise to me. And I like them together. Honestly, I kind of like them together. You know, Junior had told me many a times before that they are, they've been together since near childhood. You know, they have kids together. And it's just the way it is. And I'm totally cool with that. I talked to Miguel like every single day. We're not on non-speaking terms. And it doesn't hurt me to be close to him even when we're we're hanging out like we'll hang out at his place or sometimes he even comes over now or sometimes we'll go you know we'll go out for a drive or whatever go eat and we're insanely close we just don't have the physical part and i'm okay with that especially now with this new guy so where to begin well where did i leave off I come out from the gym. I walk out onto our um, our entryway behind our glass, or in front of our glass doors, technically, um, which leads out onto the street down the steps. And I come out and I see a mirror. And for just a moment, I just get this this photograph image of him. He's his back is to me, and he's looking out, kind of thoughtfully against the city. And it just he looks like, oh man. He looks like, gosh, he just looks like a prince. He looks like a prince. And it's like he can sense me coming up behind him. He turns around and he gives me one of those sweet, beautiful smiles. And he says, you look nice. And I'm looking at him and I'm like, dude, you look gorgeous and he does he looks like he looks like a prince like he's not wearing a suit he's not wearing that suit he had on earlier he's wearing like this long I don't know what to call it it was ethnic of some sort it was like this long shirt thing and it had a high collar and I just oh my god he looked like a prince and he takes my hand (laughs) he takes my hand and he says walk with me And we walk and like, I've never held a man's hand in public. I've never held another man's hand in public. And it feels good for the brief second that we're doing it. And I start to like, try to interlace my fingers with his. Like we touch for just like, maybe like five seconds. He grabs my hand to lead me. And we're walking. And as I'm like, this feels good. And I start to like, maybe interlock our fingers a little bit even though it makes me uncomfortable it still feels natural he kind of pulls away from me not like he yanks his hand away he just kind of moves right as I'm thinking about like us like with our hands clasped together and he just kind of puts his arm around my shoulder and he says we're going this way and we walk up the street and I'm kind of like this is where it starts to settle on me like 
we're not, I don't have any sort of, I mean, we kissed, right? That means that we're, he's interested, right? Or was it just an act? I don't know yet. And he held my hand for like a couple seconds. What does that mean? What's going on here? And we walk up the street and we go into this restaurant, which is, it's like off, it's like the entrance to the restaurant is off the main street. It's tucked away in the alley. And the neighborhood that the gym is in and that all of this is in is like a really popular part of the city. And it's a part of the city I never really hung out much in in the time that I've been here in the city. Um, but it's the place where like all the tourists go. Um, it's a very, very expensive, very expensive, popular part of the city. And we pull off into this little alley and there's like a little almost hole in the wall looking restaurant. And I get a glimpse of the name and I've heard it before. Like, this is not, this is not like a, a normal restaurant. This is like one of those high end places that it takes like half a year for your reservation to come in. And I'm like, you plan this six months out in advance. Like we're going in, we're, we're, this is where we're going. And we walk in. The host sees Amir and lights up. It's like, Amir, it's good to see you. And they uh, exchange their pleasantries. And I'm like, who is this guy? And they say, right this way, escort us to the back. And I'm noticing as we're walking through this restaurant and Amir like just subtly puts his hand around my midsection as we're walking side by side and pulls me closer to him just kind of leading me um, on. And I'm noticing as we're walking through, the staff is looking at him, the, um, like the, the waiters, the, the people in the kitchen are all looking and kind of like sitting up at attention as we're walking through here. Um, and they lead us to these stairs and we walk up um, a couple of stairs to an elevator and we get in this elevator and it takes us to the top floor. And we come out, <clears throat> we come out on the roof. And when I tell you, the view of the city and everything is just gorgeous. There's tables up there, but it's very private. I see like a couple people here and there. And the table that we're at is kind of enclosed, has a little awning covering. Um, but it's outside, but it still is kind of covered if in case, I don't know if the elements come down on you, you're protected in some sort of way. And it's just beautiful. We get to our table and we sit down and no sooner do we start a conversation, the head chef comes out, the owner of the restaurant comes out. And I'm not a culinary person, but I know this guy, like he is, a, and I'm not going to say his name, but he is one of those celebrity chefs that like you know, because they're so like famous and he's greeting Amir like a long lost friend. And I'm just like, who, what is going on right now? And Amir <clears throat> looks at me and he goes, <clears throat> this is my friend. And the chef hugs me and he's like, it's very nice to meet you. He says, um, he's running, uh, the, and he names the name of my gym. Um, down the street and the guy's like oh I go there um every morning I'm usually in there uh first thing in the morning so and I said oh that's probably why I don't haven't seen you in there and we just laugh and we talk and he says well any a friend of Amir is family and 
He says, you guys are going to be well taken care of. And he asked me, do you have any dietary restrictions? And I told him, oh, you know, I'm a vegetarian. And he's like, perfect. You're going to be well taken care of here. He leaves and his team takes care of us. And I'm telling you, we must have like four or five different waiters pouring us wine, bringing us all kinds of dishes. We don't order a thing. We don't order a thing and food is just coming to us. And I'm not really a picky eater at all, except for the whole like not eating meat thing. Like I'm not really a picky eater at all. So this is like, this is fun for me. And it's nice and open. Me and Amir can talk without feeling like somebody's going over here. I don't know. I'm still a little uncomfortable with the whole like dating thing. I've never dated a man before. I don't really know how this thing goes and I'm a little uneasy, but man, he is, if this is a date, he is winning. Eventually, once we're kind of left alone a little bit and we're at this table blanketed by the breeze of the city above the madness that happens on the streets below, we kind of get some quiet time and We can talk. And I ask him, where'd he come from? What brought him to the city? Was he born here? And he says, I'm actually from the UAE. He said he grew up in Dubai. And I was like, oh, no way. Dubai is like one of the cities like I really want to visit. Um, I tell him that. He says, well, maybe one day we can go. And I'm like, yeah, that would be really cool. And he says, what about you? What brought you out to the city? I said, I'm not as far as Dubai, but um, I came from a small town about 300 miles up the road. (laughs) And he says, oh, no way. I said, yeah. He said, did you come down here like everybody else to follow your dreams? Um, And I don't really talk too much about where I came from. But I tell him I kind of um, more or less just kind of fled. And this just happens to be where I stopped. I like the city because... It's easy to disappear here. And he's like, oh, that sounds like there's an interesting story behind that answer. And I say, maybe, more or less. He says, well, tell me, where were you running from? And I don't know where to start. To answer this question might reveal more about myself to him than I'm particularly ready to give away. And I just tell him, well, I, I, I had a, a circle of friends and even family members who didn't accept me for who I was. And they found out in a way that was embarrassing to me. And I really had no reason to stay. So one day I just got in my car and I drove until it stopped. I laugh now thinking about it because it's essentially what happened. I didn't have any plan for when I came out here. I didn't even know if I was actually going to stay here, but I did. And he says, he smiles and he says, well, look at you now. Oh, I just roll my eyes. It's so weird to me because I, I mean, fitness is cool. I like fitness. It's fun, but it's not what I want to do long-term. It's not, something I'm that passionate about. I just kind of found it. 
it kind of found me. And I happen to be kind of good in this field, but it's not something that I ever planned to do. And I say, so what brought you out this way? And he tells me business. And he kind of bites his lip. And I'm like, I've never, I haven't, I haven't seen anything but, you know, friendliness and confidence from this man. And to see him kind of hesitate, I decide to push a little further. Business and what else? And he kind of looks at me coyly through sips of his wine glass and he says, other things. And I stare at him, not wanting to ask, but pressing the answer out anyway. And kind of under his breath, he says, freedom. And I say, freedom from what? And he just kind of smiles, sadly, though. And he says, family. I had to get away to find myself. And I look at him and I say, did you have to get away to find yourself? Or did you find yourself and that's why you had to get away? I want to ask. I want to ask. Because I suspect what he might be hiding is something that's drawing us together. But I'm afraid to ask. What if it's a no? I've been wrong before. Or at least I've pushed when people were not willing to reveal and it's gotten me into trouble. So I try a different approach. Sometimes breaking things up in a binary can go a long way. You kind of learn this in sales, where it's like, if you want to book an appointment, give them two options. Like, oh, you know, what time can you come in to see the gym? Um, I have two o'clock and five o'clock open. And then breaking it up into that binary kind of makes somebody choose a time. Whereas if you leave it open-ended, it makes it hard for them. So anyway, I play this game called Happy or Sad with him. And it's silly. I, I ask him silly questions. Um, the government outlaws cake, but you can have all the unlimited pie that you could possibly eat. Happy or sad? And he says, oh, I love cake. I'd be sad. And I laugh. We both laugh. Um, and I ask him some other, like, really silly questions. Like, oh, you plan a trip to New York. Um, but your plane ends up stopping and breaking down in San Francisco, happy or sad. And he says, fuck, I love San Francisco, happy. And he's loosening up at the more questions I ask him. I decide to ask him a, a more silly, not silly, I'm sorry, a more serious question. And I say, so being in the United States, do you feel compared to how things were in the UAE? happier or sad and he thinks about it for a moment and he says happy I miss my family sometimes but I'm happy and then I just decide to go for it I say we end this evening and I don't kiss you happy or sad and he takes a moment his face is unreadable to me. It's almost as if he hadn't even considered the question. Almost as if maybe this wasn't even a date. And he looks up slowly at me and he says, 
sad. After dinner, Amir and I walk through the city aimlessly, no real place to go, but right where we belong, just side by side, talking. And now that he's open and talking about, you know, what brought him out here and what his life was like, I'm beginning to feel like I really could fall in love with this man. He's so open. He's so real. And he was telling me about, you know, how his family is, his mother, his sisters, his brothers, and his father. His father, you know, sometimes fathers, sometimes anybody, mothers, fathers, doesn't matter who, they do what they feel like they have to in order to protect their children, not really trying to damage them in the process. Amir's father was a very angry person, a very strict person who left his kids, I'm sure. But he used to hit Amir, especially if Amir showed weakness. It's a miracle to me that he turned out so sweet. I don't know. I don't know. It was, it was, I found myself feeling very emotional hearing him talk about his father. He told me this really disturbing story about how he used to like to fly kites and his father wouldn't let them have toys that they needed to be studying and learning the business and I don't know, some bizarre shit. And he made a kite out of some fabric and sticks and one day snuck away to the beach. And flew the kite. He said that it was one of the most liberating experiences he's ever felt. He said when the kite flew, it was like he flew. And one of his brothers told on him. And when he got home, his father beat the shit out of him. I have a, I have a hard time, I have a hard time just imagining not imagining that, it's just, I'm looking at him and I see the softness in his eyes. I'm not trying to get emotional, hang on. I see the softness in his eyes and I see like his smile and I just, I wonder how somebody who's seen such ugly things and been through so much could have come out so sweet and gentle. Amir told me his father, he would catch his father staring at him sometimes. Anytime Amir would get emotional about anything, happy in particular, and he would, as Amir would say, show his gay, his father would squint his eyes and stare at him. And Amir said, it was almost like he was seeing a reflection he could see me, Amir said. And Amir said that the reason why he thinks he could see him so well 
the reason why he could recognize him so well, he says he thinks maybe him and his father were more alike than they were different. Amir said that his father would beat him more than any anybody else. But he was pretty strict with all of them. He's telling me all this and it's it's emotional. He brushes back a tear. I'm a mess. I'm holding it together, but I'm a mess. Like I just don't understand how he came out so sweet, so almost innocent, so optimistic, and yet had been through so much pain. And there's a break in the conversation, and he looks right at me. And I feel like, is he about to kiss me? There's a serious look on his face, and then all of a sudden, I see him fighting back a laugh. And he's holding it in, and I'm like, what is it? And he said, I'm sorry, I just, I just had the mental image of when you, you know, and he makes like a little running motion with his fingers and then a bouncing motion. And I was like, oh my gosh. He's talking about when I fell off the treadmill twice. And I laugh and he laughs. And it's just, it's ridiculous. It's sweet, but it's ridiculous. And then all of a sudden he's serious again. And before I can expect it, he takes my face in those hands. And he kisses me. It comes quick, but it's slow. It's so new. But God, if he doesn't know me so well. We finally break from the kiss and it's like coming back down to earth. I have to have more. I lean in and I kiss him again. And then we just stand there, holding each other, embrace, locked in arms, and in lips. I mean, Miguel was everything. James was fun. Michael was cool, but this was something more. This was something like being young and free and hopeful. Like anything in the world was possible. That's how I felt. Finally, after what seems like an eternity, we break lips and we both open our eyes. And he looks very intently at me with a slow-growing smile on his face. And he says, happy or sad? Happy. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for all of the love and support. I put my email out a while ago. And the messages that I have received, like I am humbled and blown away at just the amount of love. I didn't know what was, honestly, I didn't know what was going to happen when I started this. All of the love and support that I have received 
from you has been, I mean, it has been life-changing to me. I, like I said, had no expectations of what was going to happen putting this out here. And the feedback that I'm getting is just, what I say makes my day. Know that I mean that. Um, The other thing that I do want to say is we are monetized now. If you decide you financially want to contribute to the podcast, you're definitely more than welcome to do it. It's not like a have to or an expectation. I appreciate, I appreciate it all. I appreciate it all. And if you can, or if you can't, by all means, you are still family and you are still welcome. I really want to send out my deepest, deepest gratitude for all of the love. Thank you. 